You're listening to the summer edition of Wings All Access right here on NLL.com. into this summer edition, this special summer edition of Wings All Access here on NLL Radio. Hi, everybody. Happy summer. I'm Dave Walls, play-by-play man for the Philadelphia Wings, and alongside me, John Barger. John, I haven't seen you in like four months. I know, and I'm fully, see, the last time we recorded, I was growing a beard, Mm -hmm. haven't shaved it. (laughs) Just starting to grow the playoff beard right now, right? Exactly. I was like, let's get in playoff mode right now. It's been a... uh, (laughs) I don't know if uh, uh, everybody lives in the Philadelphia area, but it is a miserable, miserable, miserable sports year. And the only thing that's kept me going was the wing season. So the beard stays and I'm feeling the flow. I feel good about going into next year. See, and at the rate John is growing his facial hair, he will be fully ready for the playoffs this year. Yep. And at the rate I'm growing my facial hair for the playoffs, I say when Kevin Crowley has kids and they're playing for the Wings, <laughs> I, I should be right about there. Yeah. I, I think we should be there. 2035, full beard for Dave And, Walsh. you know, the third Wells Fargo Center, wherever <laughs> that's going to be. Oh, boy. Well, we hope you're enjoying your summer, and I know you're probably listening to this going, what the heck are you guys even doing a podcast for? It's a summertime. There's no there's no NLL right now. But you know what? Got a lot to talk about because there's been some news with the Wings. We've got some got to talk about some personnel. We want to get your calls from the Wings All Access Hotline. For Thank you for those who have called at 267-225-0140. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about, John. Let's jump into, obviously, the big news first is the head coaching change for the Philadelphia Wings. Huge. Johnny Meridian uh, will be retaining his role as general manager, but he's no longer the head coach. Instead, former assistant coach Blaine Harrison has been uh, promoted, I guess you would say, to the head coaching position, a position that he apparently has been groomed for, according to the ownership, uh, Michael French, which is something else we'll talk about here uh-huh. in a minute. Um, you know, this is something that they said they've been looking at for a while. They've been grooming him for him, and they felt the time was right. So Johnny stays with the team. Blaine moves up into the head coaching position, and Inside the organization, I think maybe it was a little more well-known than to say fans outside of the organization. John, when you first heard this, what was your reaction? Well, I was to completely it? shocked. Like, I had I had no idea it was in the works. And then the people I talked to outside of the league kind of like, uh, you know, who weren't part of, uh, part of the organization didn't seem like it was that much of a surprise. Like, of course, you're going to make a coaching change. Johnny was burning the candle at both ends, playing GM and right. coach at the same time. I think it affected... Uh, a lot of the chemistry, maybe in the locker room or just all out. You know, I, I, I think Johnny's more of a GM type of guy anyway. He knows talent and he can spot it. He knows what will work together. You know, I, I don't want to see he's a bad coach or anything no, no, like no. that. But I, I just think his skill set is perfect in the GM role. And I was I, I just had no idea that it was coming, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on this. First of all, nobody is knocking Johnny Meridian's credentials because guess what? The man's in the Hall of Fame already. Yeah, he came out of you know of not being in the league, you know, and having that Hall of Fame plaque to hey, let's go to Philadelphia. And you know what? He's laid some great groundwork for us. But you know, we John, we we see it sometimes in other professional sports with players. With sorry, with coaches who try to burn the candle at both ends with being, you know, maybe a head coach and a GM and maybe an executive vice president. And rarely does it work out to the level of success. I say rarely because I'm sure there's probably an example I can't think of. But, I mean, you look at, say, like 
Bill Parcells or you look at Andy Reid here in right. Philadelphia and you see they can get players so far. But I think Johnny's proven that he has a knack for acquiring good talent to come here in Philadelphia. He set the groundwork for I don't like when people call it the Team America experiment because I don't yeah. think it's an experiment, but I think it's a good, solid plan, you know, to make this team more part of Philadelphia. I mean, we see a lot more Wings players around town. They're becoming more part of the community than maybe they were 10 years ago. And I think the groundwork has been laid. And I think now that Johnny's in the general manager role, he can focus on that. And as far as Coach Harrison now, and he's going to be the man in charge. And I think, you know, I think the players are going to look up to him maybe a little bit more. Like, this is the man we need to talk to solely about our playing ability on the field. You don't have to worry about, you know, contracts or this and that. You know that when you're talking to Blaine Harrison, you're just talking about your play on the field. Which is interesting, too, because we also uh, were able to get a hold of Brandon Miller this week, who was rocking uh, up in the uh, I forget uh, what the, what's the league up there uh, it's okay he's playing for major series lacrosse he's a major series yep, lacrosse, that's okay that's right. he's uh he's playing up in Ontario and he's with six nations uh yeah six nations Chiefs. yeah six nations Chiefs. boy I almost questioned myself but yes <laughs> no, <you're> like, <laughs> wait is, is that right I'm an American I don't remember all the Canadian leagues I try I'm sorry but no he's been playing for six nations in fact they were in the playoffs they had that's right in fact he called you or you called him uh, several hours before he's due to be in uniform for a playoff game. So, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for taking the time. What'd you guys talk about? Hello. It's a Wings All Access exclusive with Brandon Miller. Well, Dave, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things uh, with our next guest here. Uh, taking some time uh, hours before a playoff game with the Six Nations Chiefs. Your Philadelphia Wings goalie, Mr. Brandon Miller. Brandon, what's going on, my friend? I'm really good, John. Yourself? I'm doing good, my friend, and uh, I'd like to see you back here playing in Philadelphia, but we can wait a couple more months for that. And uh, there's still some news that came through, even though the season's not going, and that is not only did the Wings get new ownership, but a new coach in Blaine Harrison. Uh, seemed to be the uh, kind of grooming him for this spot here. Brandon, what was your reaction when you found out the news that uh, Coach Harrison was taking over? Yeah, you know, I think it's something that was in the works. Um, you know, some of the players were kind of in the, in, the, in the know about maybe something that was happening. Um, you know, just in terms of, of Johnny being coach and GM, it's a lot on his plate. And, and with Blaine, we have a guy that's been uh, with the team for – you know, a few years now, and, and uh, you know, he's ready to be a head coach, and, and everyone in our organization and, uh, you know, some of the, the people that he's been with before with Orlando and New York, um, you know, everyone just thinks the world of him and uh, definitely see him as a, as a head coach one day. And I think, you know, obviously now is his time. And, um, you know, for the uh, for the players, they're pretty excited. Blaine is, is a guy that's uh, – you know, he's a player's coach, and I think everyone loves playing for him. He, um, you know, he's a great motivator, great tactician, and um, yeah, like I said, there's no question he was going to be a head coach at one time. I think we're just pretty lucky that you know we were able, able to keep him in Philly before uh, he got the opportunity to do it somewhere else. And uh, you know, for Johnny to to wear both hats as a GM and coach is tough in this league. And you ask anyone that's done it, um, it's very tough. And I think. Uh, he just saw, you know, a chance to concentrate on the GM role, and uh, you know, we're both kind of moves to just make us better. I think uh, moving forward, which is, uh, you know, which is always the plan. 
Yeah, no, you touched on it a little bit there. Do you think that uh, because Johnny was burning the candle at both ends that that's the reason for a lot of those up and down swings that you guys last year, was that affecting any of the chemistry in the locker room or anything? Yeah, no question. You know, um, you know the relationship between if, if you have one uh, one coach and one GM, there's there's a relationship where you share a lot of what happens on the bench, and um, you know whether it be at practice or during a game. And there's some things that uh, you know a coach maybe wants to keep separate from the GM um, for whatever reason. And you know if a guy who's wearing both hats doesn't, uh, you know, can't um, really have that that privacy. You know what you see on the floor and in the dressing room you know, translates right to the GM. Um, you know, GM, when he's wearing that hat, looks at it maybe a little differently or a little negatively and um, maybe feels a need for a change um, where, where a coach might just think, you know, that's, that's a personality that uh, a guy has. If he, you know, maybe has a few choice words for whether it be a teammate or something uh, during practice. I mean, sometimes that's just part of, of, of a player's makeup and, you know, if it's you know if you see that you know you and you have the ability to maybe get on the phone and and talk with the other general managers to maybe replace a guy that rubs you the wrong way, um, you, you might not get a second chance. Where a coach can say, you know, um, we'll sweep that one under the rug and give him another chance, and away we go. So I just think it gives you know a, a different dynamic. Um, you know, Blaine can coach the team and 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 do it his way, and Johnny can look from the outside and. Um, you know, he knows what he's got in that dressing room and, and what we need to improve upon. And I think it would just make it easier for him to just concentrate on that as opposed to, you know, different plays we might run or different, um, you know, rosters that we want to have in, the, in a game-in, game-out kind of thing. That'll be Blaine's and, and Johnny will have his – they both have a full plate. And, and yeah, you, you touched on it a little bit there as well. Blaine, what is his – style what is it uh, more offensive is it more defensive is it a run and gun type of thing what can we expect uh from blaine harrison yeah well i mean i don't i don't think he's got you know a, a style that is, is going to blow anyone away where it's not you know he's going to take what we have which is uh, you know some tremendous athletes and and kind of you know i had a brief chat with him yesterday when it all went down and and um you know his idea is to kind of let the players kind of play within themselves, and um, sometimes, you know, in a, in, a, in a short season where we don't get to practice a lot, if you really try to implement too many systems that uh, are just not in, you know, the, the character of our team, um, it can be tough to teach in a short amount of time. And uh, I think he reads players, you know, almost as good as any coach in the league. And um, we have a lot of guys that are, you know, maybe really good at two or three things and maybe lack experience in something else. And he understands that, and, you know, there's definitely room for those guys that we have, and they're going to be great players. And I think sometimes asking them to do things that they're not comfortable with, you know, is not, it's definitely not Blaine's style. So I think you just see maybe, you know, certain guys that uh, were maybe in two or three heavy roles last year, whether they were power play short man and loose ball team, you know, they may just be on one of those teams this year um, as he sees, you know, the, the need for it. And, and, um, that's that, I kind of think what you'll get from Blaine. Like I said, he just reads players really well um, and knows where they can help. And, and yeah, he'll always be pushing guys to get better, but um, just he'll, he's really good at not putting guys in uncomfortable spots. Well, that's that's always uh, good to hear, and we look forward to kind of see what develops out of this 
next season. And we know that you guys have the talent and, and the ability to kind of put it all together. So we're excited to see maybe just a fresh face around and help, uh, and might uh, help the game plan here. But, uh, uh, of course, talking to Brandon Miller, the uh, Philadelphia Wings goalie, who uh, the, the last episode that we were able to record uh, was just as the season ended. And, of course, uh, the saddest news to come out of the Miller camp was Kyle lost his uh, second battle with cancer. And uh, we just wanted to extend our deepest sympathies. And we know that you guys were really close and you guys had a great community, not only around the cross, but people in general and everybody that I've talked to and has interacted with you or Kyle just have nothing but the greatest things to say. So if we're, we're just want to extend that and just say, if there's anything we can do and continue the uh, uh, beat it foundation, we are more than happy to jump on board and do anything we can, my friend. I really appreciate that, John. And that's, you know, I will take the opportunity just to say thanks, you know, to the uh, so many fans in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, Baltimore area that have, that have reached out, um, USA lacrosse, um, you know, uh, the Cornell people down in, in Cornell and, and Ithaca, just, um, you know, it is amazing to see how many people he touched and, um, you can't turn back the clock, you know, unfortunately to change anything. And, uh, the one thing that has made it a little bit easier is the support that we have got. We have so many kind words, so many great gifts. Um, um, it has been amazing. And, and my family, you know, on behalf of my family, I, I really thank all everyone that has done that, um, the people that will be listening to your show that uh, I don't get to see until you know until November and training camp comes around again. And I will say thank you to to all those people again personally, but um, it has meant a lot and has made it uh, just a little easier. So I do appreciate that. All right, thanks so much, Brandon. We certainly do appreciate Brandon taking time out, you know, just a couple hours for a playoff game of Six Nations. We do appreciate that. And we encourage everyone in the Wings Army to go to KyleMiller35.com. It was Kyle's website, and you can get all the information on the Beat It uh, cause. Still doing great things for uh, cancer charities, and we certainly encourage everyone. And, you know, Brandon, if you're listening, uh, please let us know, and you have our contact information, what we can do to help you out and whatever we can do to help uh, continue Kyle's cause we'd certainly like to do that but uh, John getting back to the interview uh, first of all great job with that I think Thank Brandon you. made a lot of really good points here you know about you know the players were in the know a little bit you know maybe some of the players were at least some of them saw it coming and overall I think he sounds pretty excited about it yeah I mean that's the with his when his main point was separating the coach and the GM philosophy and why you need to do that is because you know it, it it just makes sense when you, when when you're putting on both hats and you're deciding okay am I going to extend this guy another year am I going to trade him da, 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 da. when you have two diff- differing opinions of like no we need to give this guy another shot here here's why you know I I, I think that's a, a big help and I got to tell you Brandon is so candid and open if every athlete was <laughs> like him I I know it's sometimes it's all the credit goes to him man he 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 really just opens up tells you what's on his mind mm-hmm. and that's what gives you guys and us such great content for the show uh, i'm really excited because he seems excited about it yeah when 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 uh he's describing those things he's a player's coach you know he he can evaluate talent he's not stuck to one thing kind of reminds me of another coach that just got hired in philadelphia who <laughs> might be a football which got me excited i like those changes right so it'll be interesting to see once we get into the draft and see how they go after players there maybe that'll tell us a little something on where this team's philosophy is going to be on i don't really know much about blaine 
Uh, do you have any outsider things of like, well, we have this stack? I, I I honestly think, and this is just a prediction and speculation. Okay. I think he is going to ramp this up, and I think the Wings are going to go a little, a little more run and gun. I think we're going to try and score as many more goals than the next guy. I and, I like the sound of that. <laughs> and, and I think we have a decent enough defense right now mm-hmm. to do that, and I think we kind of need to do that to just to maybe stay in the game or try and take hold of a game sometimes, you know? Yeah, I don't really have a lot more perspective on Blaine Harrison other than to say, you know, he's someone that uh, worked his way through the Orlando and New York uh, Titans franchise, mm-hmm. you know, and so this is something that he has been working towards. This is a position he has been working towards. Is he a first-time NLL co- uh, head coach? Yes, he is. But I love the point that Brandon made. I'm glad he's getting a chance to do it here before someone else snags him up. For someone like Brandon to say that, that means that, for the most part, he is well-respected, and another team would be fortunate to have him. Philly did the smart thing in keeping him. And at the same time, you get to keep Johnny and his you know his eye for talent for making the deal around as well. There was another really good point in there that uh, I wanted to bring back up. Sometimes coaches and general managers don't see eye to eye on how a player should be used. Now, yes, does Johnny have a does Johnny have a great eye for talent for making the deals? Yes, he does. But at the same time, you know, a general manager might hire a guy or sign a guy because he's got he thinks he's got certain abilities, but a coach then might see different situations forming. You know, and then go, listen, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And I think that's where another area where separating the roles makes a lot of sense. The only other thing I can really offer is just an observing Blaine Harrison. And, you know, granted, nine times out of ten, you're not going to notice an assistant coach unless he's doing something flamboyant. Certainly, I wouldn't call Blaine Harrison flamboyant to any degree. But he, while Brandon's called him a, a player's coach, that certainly doesn't mean he's a softy in any way. He doesn't Blaine, look like one no, either. No, he, de- he definitely doesn't <laughs> appear to be one. I've never had a word with the man. I look yeah. forward to talking to him uh, as we approach next season and during uh, the 2014 campaign. But from what I see and from what Brandon Miller says, I think it's a great move for the Wings franchise, mm-hmm. and I agree. I think we're going to see a lot more athleticism. I think we're going to see things kicked up a notch on offense. We're going to see a lot more run again. I think Blaine Harrison's going to have a very good feel on just where all these pieces are going to fit into the season. And one last thing we'll touch and then we'll move on is uh, it's just, it's silly. I, I got to apologize to coach right off. Cause I got excited. I was like, Whoa, they, there's a new coach. And I, <laughs> I misspelled his name. I did it with the I, the, how, the how usual, dare you? I dare I. And then I texted Dave. I was just like, he's like, yeah, I did it too. Uh, for a quick second, I caught myself before I posted it. I was like, ah, oh, good. Blaine, it uh, sounds more powerful without the eye. I was like, it sounds like Bane from Batman. <laughs> sounds like a badass. We'll have him march into <laughs> Buffalo at the start of the series and go, I am taking over first Niagara. <laughs> God, please. I love that. I, I do not have a future as an impressionist. I don't. <laughs> no, that was good. That was, all you're missing is like a C4 button in your pocket. The, <laughs> <A> C4, yeah, <laughs> just let them score the first goal and, and then blow up the, the whole game, thing. I will destroy the field and the goals will fall into the earth. Oh, man. <laughs> that I see a viral campaign coming yeah, out. Oh, yeah. Someone, pl- someone please Photoshop Blaine Harrison as Bane. I would, I would love to see that. All right. So Blaine Harrison is in his head coach. Johnny Meridian stays around. John, we've got... 
personnel we can start to talk about because we're inching our way closer to the draft, which comes up after Labor Day. Don't have the exact dates and times yet because, well, the NLL is still going through their collective bargaining agreement. So some of the things have just been put on hold, but everybody's in negotiation. So once that gets worked out, we'll figure out whether or not it's going to be up in Toronto, up in Calgary, where the NLL is going to go this year. But, John, let's take a look at what um, your Wings players have been doing in the summertime. Excuse me. A lot of them have been playing in Major League Lacrosse in the outdoor game. And although I'll be honest, I don't follow it as closely as I do the NLL, it's certainly still yeah. an enjoyable game. Not having a team in Philly, you know, kind yeah, of virtual. Kind of, yeah. Although their championship game is being held in August uh, here in Philadelphia. Yeah. I've already started to advertise for that. So if you're an outdoor fan as well, you should go check that out. A uh, couple big names, obviously, are some of the uh, biggest names in the league, I should say are some of the Wings' best players. Drew Westervelt is uh, ninth overall in scoring, playing down in Chesapeake. Paul Rabel is just killing it again in the outdoor game, although his offensive numbers are a bit down. Uh, he is still first overall in scoring, third overall in goals. Yeah. He's just killing it. If uh, <laughs> if that's a down year for Paul Rabel, I'll be the down year Paul Rabel. <laughs> Go right ahead. It's funny. Rabel is still killing it. Uh, his, the, what's doing it for Paul as far as his numbers being down is he plays for the Boston Cannons, and Boston's just having a really bad year. They've had a head coaching change. Yeah. They can't seem to get the wheels on. So because not many other goals are coming other than the ones Rabel's putting in, his assist numbers are way down. Yeah. So, I mean... So you know, it's really not his fault. Not really he's still his being fault. a badass. I mean, he's, just... he's leading the entire league in goals of 30. In fact, wow. Westerbelt's uh, just right behind him with 29 goals. Wait, who? Paul Rabel. No, the second guy you said? Drew Westerbelt. Drew! Westervelt. Did not, Sorry. Did not <laughs> see that coming. <laughs> I had to do it. I feel like every time you sh- you do that, we should have like an, if this was a video podcast, we should have an image of Drew Westervelt diving across the screen like sideways. <laughs> just, just have a big, uh, you know, CGI of Drew Westervelt going, Ooh, driving across. Um, but not only, you know, do we have the big guns, we also have Brendan Mundorf, and I'm really happy to see this. Brendan Mundorf is tied second overall in the Major League Lacrosse for overall scoring. He's in the top 10 in goals. That's and it was awesome. funny because Brendan, you know, he came off that injury that kept him out for most of the NLL season, mm-hmm. came on really strong, had a great uh, game against Rochester in the postseason. But I was wondering, you know, how is he going to come back on the field and carry that over? Is he going to fall back into that slump because he didn't have a full workout? Well, Brendan and uh, Denver, in fact, uh, Denver is still unbeaten in wow. Major League Growth. They're killing that's, it. That's, that's, is that harder to do, do you think, to be undefeated in the outdoor game? Being undefeated in any sport is tough. But in a sport, in, in any sport, in my personal opinion, where you've got more time off in between games where your opponent can study up on you more, yeah. learn your tendencies, I think that's a pretty hard thing to do. So big props to everyone. Denver also has an outstanding goaltender. Uh, which has really kept them in a lot of games. Um, uh, going back to Drew Westervelt for a second, yeah. Um, the Wings certainly have a lot of offensive pa- firepower. I think the Chesapeake team in MLL has the best starting three. I think in all of lacrosse. I'm Who not got there. Well, but John, I'm glad you asked. That. <laughs> if you had a fantasy team that you could put together oh I like this a, a fantasy team that you could put together of the top player and now all these three players Drew Westerville's one of them yeah. all three of these players are currently in the NLL okay. if you could put together a top three 
and put them together on one team, whether it's indoor Man. or outdoor. Okay, I'm going to look like an idiot. Okay. I know I am. But see, but. here's the thing. I, th- there's a reason I'm asking because right. you are a newer fan, yeah. and this was just your first full-time season with yeah. the NLL. So, I mean, I want to I want to get your opinion. I'm going to say okay. you know, Westy. I'd okay. probably say Cody Jameson. Okay. That'd be my second guy. All right. And who would be number three? Who could it be? Who could I see? Really just delaying time because well, I don't. I uh, Dan Dawson. Dan, you know there what? You go. There's my third All guy. good players. All good players. But I tell you what, how's this for a, a, a top three in your offense? Drew Westervelt, John Grant Jr. Oh, okay. How am and, I not picking the most popular guy in the league? Casey Powell. Wow. All three on the that's, same offense. Um, I mean, that is sick. In fact, Denver and Chesapeake played uh, not a week ago, and they went back and forth, back and forth. Westervelt scored the three first three goals. He had the hat trick in the first quarter. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> uh, Denver came back to win that one by one. But wow. regardless, so uh, quickly to run down, we've got – you know, uh, Joel White having a good year for Rochester. Karate and Manley are also there on that Rochester Rattlers team. Uh, Brody Merrill, El Capitan, is playing with yes. Jordan Hall and Kevin Crowley. Up Speaking in of which, Hamilton. too, yes. uh, uh, I saw him. He's uh, He's got a kid that was actually in the Under Armour All-Star game this past. I don't. I randomly caught it. I think his okay. name's Zach Miller. Uh, went Merrill? To the, uh, no, no, no. It was just Zach, Zach Miller, who, not related to anything, just uh, Drexel Hill where okay. he coaches at. There was a kid that came up from really? where he was coaching. Oh, okay. I uh, see it what was you're like saying. An East versus when you're saying West. he had a kid, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, no. Uh, hold on here. <laughs> just breaking news. <laughs> Need Maury Povich is coming. Yeah. You are not you, the father. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Just to have a, a Maury a Maury Povich uh, wings edition of like and Brody Merrill start dancing around. I told you, <laughs> I, told I told you, you that guys, was... <laughs> give me a Labatt's blue. Let's get out of here. And then someone else goes running out of the room crying. Oh no! <laughs> I told you, I told you. All right. So what happened here? The rails he, fell off. But the rails really fell off. So you're saying he had a kid playing in the Under Armour? Yeah, game? he yeah yeah one of the guys he coached. His name is Zach. Man, he had uh, like. He, against all star, high school all star players, which right. I'm guessing is they're probably top recruits going to you know Townsend. They or are, yeah. Wherever I didn't uh, see the game, but I'm aware of the game. Yeah, yeah uh, he rattled off I think four, three or four goals wow. in the game. So, uh, side note, uh, point of interest, just something I no, caught. Thought really it was interesting. interesting. No, I mean you know uh, Brody Merrill does a lot of coaching as well, runs a lot of camps, and good to see that his players are out there doing it. But I mean Merrill's having a a good year in transition. Jordan Hall's played in eight games. Kevin Crowley has not only gotten uh, some games with Hamilton, but he's also been up in the WLA, which is indoor box lacrosse out in the West Coast. It's a Western Lacrosse Association. He's uh, been playing for New West. He's had a couple games with New Westminster. One uh, other note I want to make here is Max Seaball. Now, John, you didn't see Max Seaball play because he was out all of last season with a broken foot injury that he suffered in training camp. Max Seaball was getting healthy and he was playing in the outdoor game for the New York Lizards in Major League Lacrosse. Uh, Max Seaball has now injured his hamstring he's on injured reserve and he is out for the rest of the season and this is starting to become a concern of mine and it's also a concern of our good friend ryan parsons and ryan called into the wings all access hotline let's hear what he had to say hey ryan hello wings all access ryan parsons here from Reading, pennsylvania calling with some off-season comments and questions about the wings well as with any off-season in the uh, national lacrosse league a lot of questions leading into the new year and what the new look of the wings will be 
new head coach and uh, a lot of new changes perhaps on the horizon. Uh, do you think we'll see Max Seabold back and healthy again this year? How do you think uh, the offense will shape up? A lot of questions in my mind. One thing's for sure, I'll be back for uh, probably my 20th season, I think, uh, watching Wings Lacrosse. I am looking forward to that. One thing I would like to see the Wings improve upon is offense this year. I think the defense has been solid. Uh, Brett Manny and the, and the defensive guys, Tom Hayek's coming back to coach the defense this year. I think they've been real good. Uh, Brandon Miller in, in goal has, has been phenomenal. I think the Wings have asked a lot of him, and he's delivered over the last few years. So I'd like to see us put up some more uh, some more goals on the scoreboard, some more balls in the back of the net. I think that's what will really help the Wings uh, take it to the next level this year. So uh, good luck, guys. Keep up the good work on Wings All Access. All right, thanks, Ryan. And, yeah, good to see you back for season number 20. We want the Wings Army to grow, and it's called yes. recruitment. That's what you do with any big army. you got to recruit more people to come in. So uh, good to see Ryan coming back for uh, campaign number 20. And you know what? Ryan brings up a great point, John. Max Sebald has had the broken foot. He's come back, but now he's injured his hamstring and injured it enough where he's going to be out. You know, granted, there's only two or three more regular season games in Major League Lacrosse, but I mean, he's out for the rest of it, and they've already put him on IR, which means, I, I'll be honest, I don't even know where New York stands, but if they make the playoffs, he's out too. Yeah, yeah. So is this a situation and maybe this is something only time will tell. Is this a situation in your eyes, just looking from the outside, mm -hmm. where you start to question whether or not he's going to be a part of a future Wings team? Well, I mean, you know, there was, there was a lot of hope that we kind of try and get back at some point last season. Right. I was really looking forward to kind of seeing. I mean, he did. I was, we were talking off air. Dave's describing me, this man, as he's almost like an untouchable when he's healthy like he's a he's a kind of the, or not untouchable but the to, kind of the total package you know he's got a lot of skills that translate <clears throat> yeah. to a lot of areas and his first couple seasons with the wings they had kind of i don't know that they ever gave him enough time in one position mm -hmm. for him to start sometimes he was listed as transition sometimes he's listed as forward and he's they've kind of plugged him into certain holes so sometimes you'd even see him taking face-offs uh i mean uh, right when you were starting to come aboard two seasons ago i remember there was that a uh, great game, uh, I believe it was against Colorado, but I, or no, against Edmonton, 16-15 win at the Wells Fargo Center against Edmonton. And, you know, he has this ability to turn on the Jets, similar to what Joel White does, uh, to turn on the Jets to avoid the double teams, to get the ball across the timeline in a quick fashion. He'd be a perfect fit for a run-and-gun yeah. offense, but the problem is now, can he stay healthy? He's a guy who does like to hit in the indoor game, and now I think you got to start to question his durability. Well, a it's bit. and that's that's the number one. I think for any athlete, that's you got your number one priority is to have that skill set of being uh, durable. And it's just unfortunate that a guy like this, who's trying to figure out the the best way back to get into the box and trying to figure out whether he's you know just like you said a forward or a transition player to give right. him time to do that. And when you're injury prone like that, I really think it's doubtful that you'll see him in a Wings jersey this year. You know, I don't have high hopes for his return, given the fact that I think the transition game already may, got a great pickup in Joel White, and I think maybe with some young transition talent, I think you could see Max Seabald arguably used as maybe trade bait with someone else mm -hmm. looking to add that type of size and speed to the middle of the field. I would like to see Max at least maybe get another shot at training camp, but with the draft approaching and the Wings not having a pick really in the first part of the draft they don't have a first round pick um 
I think it's there's probably a good chance you could see a player like that shipped out. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, so, John, as we mentioned, the NLL draft is coming around the corner. Let's yes. um, and so the one thing I want to ask you about the NLL draft and yeah. where you see is there a backup goaltender out there for Brandon Miller? <laughs> there's got to be somebody <laughs> out there, right? You know, we're talking about personnel, and if there was one storyline that you know was like a circus ride last season it was the backup goaltender situation and first of all nobody's saying brandon miller's going anywhere the man you know as ryan said on the hotline the man was asked to do a lot last season we relied on him i mean if it's not for brandon miller let's be honest we win four games five based on our goal we don't make the playoffs no we definitely don't make the playoffs so but the thing is you know, people get tired. Yeah. There's back-to-back game. You know, you'll remember early in the season we had a 13 to 12 game in Buffalo. Turn around, drive on the bus all night, come back to face Calgary the next day. Well, the Wings uh, made a trade in the offseason, traded a pick for to Washington to get back up Kevin Crosswell. Crosswell did not impress anybody. No. In fact, that game they had that game against Calgary, they had to pull him and put a tired Brandon Miller back on the net just to have any hope of getting back into it. They thought so little of Croswell. They traded him after Brandon Miller got that one-game suspension for the yeah. fight against Washington. Yeah. So, in other words, you have well, one goalie on the roster. Fight. Quote-unquote fight, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if Matt Beers was a man who would rip off his That's helmet, right. it wouldn't That's be right. an issue. I'm talking to you, Beers, okay? Yeah. If you're going to fight, take off the helmet. It still sticks on my crawl, and it's been like, <laughs> what, five, six months now. That's neither here nor there. But they, they were so unimpressed by what Croswell was doing he was the only goalie active on the roster, and they got rid of him. So, I mean, that says that trade didn't work. But I see where why they would have thought, because he actually was a decent backup in Washington. Just one reason or another doesn't yeah. work out. You bring in Angus Dinely, untested to the NLL. Hey, kid, here's your contract, and you're starting on the road against Minnesota. Win hey, tonight. You know what, though? <laughs> he Angus did, he held up, had though. a good first half, yep. held it together somewhat in the third until, boy, the train really fell apart. And then it was kind of inconsistent, got the loss in the Washington game to close out the season. Uh, now the Vancouver stealth. Uh, that's yes, up, that's, that's something right. We oh, I forgot about that. The Langley slash Vancouver stealth. That'll be a, <laughs> that'll make for some fun trips. But so you wonder if Angus Dinley will be back in. You know, our good friend Rocco Granado, who's a, a president of the fan club, was commenting on our Facebook page today saying, you know, there's other sources the wings could pull from. Uh uh, another lacrosse league, the North American Lacrosse League, uh, now completely gone. They had some decent uh, young talent who arguably uh, the goaltender for the Kentucky Stick Horses could, you know, maybe could be a decent addition to the, the camp. Kentucky Stick Horses? They had pretty, Is that a real team name? That was a real team. They had some pretty cool jerseys. It was, it was like gold and black, and they had like a horse with what is what is a stick horse it was a horse with a lacrosse stick i didn't oh, say okay. i didn't I say it, it was I a smart it. mascot right, name. Right. <laughs> no john, that's cool i liked it i was just saying like i've never heard i thought it was like a john it was a good looking jersey but nobody ever said the team nothing. Name okay all right all right <laughs> but you know kentucky churchill downs horses <laughs> tie it in the best it way you can works. so there you go but uh you know the point is there's young talent out there who does American talent who does have some box lacrosse experience to that degree. You know, the Wings also got some additional talent into camp last year. They had uh, Scotty Comer, who actually signed as a Buffalo Bandit backup for a short while last season into camp. They had uh, Stephen Fryer, who they ended up releasing, the former Wings draft pick in camp last year. So there is talent out there. I just question if it's going to, if they're going to go to the usual source or if you've got somebody like 
a Max Seabald out there as trade bait if maybe you could scoop a backup or something else. Yeah. I mean, but see if 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 we know that they know that too. So right. I, I don't. I'm not sure the return you're going to get is going to be any kind of a decent backup goaltender. Right. Uh, I I think what you have to do right now is a try and get somebody through the draft. Uh-huh. That doesn't work. You bring in some free agent guys, maybe some guys that haven't gotten the shot in this league before. Okay. Maybe overload on. I mean, is there any rules as far as like uh, training like camps and size? all that? Yeah. Can you bring in an, an amazing amount of goalies and just see? All well, right, boys. <laughs> and as break far a couple as, of pool cues in half and go. I'll be honest. I don't know. As far as training camp, I don't think that's an issue. Obviously, okay. there's roster limits to yeah. worry about. Um, but, no, I mean, the Wings invited, what, five, six minimum goalies last year to camp. That's addition to B. Miller. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, a, then you I, can do that. There's, it, I think it all depends on what the Wings are looking for. Are they looking for a short-term backup right now, or are they looking more for the long-term? Because – out there in Minnesota right now, there's two goalies, two top-notch uh, goalies. I know where you're going you know with this. know where I'm going with yeah. this. You got Evan Kirk and you got Tyler Carlson. And you can rotate goalies for so long until at some point you got you to gotta pick one. Right. You know, you could be dating two girls, but eventually the girls are going <laughs> to go, you know what, you got to make up your mind. Unless they're in Utah, then it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would, oh boy, you know what? <laughs> We'll leave Let that me just one there. move on. Let me just move on. <laughs> it's the off season. My brain has yeah. a tendency to wander. Let's not go there. Now, but now looking at that though, yeah. which which one do you pull the trigger on? If you're if you're if you're dead set as you want somebody who's going to be a, a great backup right. goaltender this year, and maybe somebody you want to groom once Brandon wants to hang it up, right? Which one do you go with? You know, I like Evan Kirk. I mean, first of all, I think Minnesota's shown a little more. Not faith, but I think Carlson has shown himself to be in their system. He's been a little bit more consistent, and I think the coaching staff, just based on you know the choices they make and when they've started, whom I think they have a little more faith in what Carlson does for them. But that said, I'm still very impressed by Evan Kirk. He had a couple of real shutout performances this year where he was top notch, and so if you can pick up someone like him, you know, bring him into the Wings offense, and yeah, have him be you know, an eventual successor, you know, where, you know, you tell him, listen, this isn't a two goalie rotation situation like you had in Minnesota. Right. You know, when Brandon, whenever he decides, because let's be honest, he's the man. Yeah. Whenever Brandon decides he's ready, you know, to say, thanks, Philadelphia, then this is yours if you prove yourself. And that's not to say Evan won't get his chances because, again, you know, there's back-to-back nights, there's road trips where – People were tired. People get dinged up. You know, yeah. this game wears on you. I mean, there, we're, I think we're adding another game this season, you know, yeah, and yeah, the league's right. looking to go a little longer in the seasons to come. So you're going to want a second goaltender, not just as an emergency, but as someone who you could legitimately put confidence in for a full game. And, you know, I, that's that's probably your best option right now, and I completely agree with you. Okay. How do you get them? That's well, <laughs> therein lies the riddle, my friend. Uh, okay, let me let me just throw this out there. Okay, uh, Grant, I'm going to play fake GM for a second. Ooh, I like Let's fake say GM. Okay. Minnesota's like, okay, you can have Evan Kirk, but it's going to cost you a Rabel or a Westervelt or one of the main. Say it's they won't trade him without one of the one of your main pieces. Do you pull the trigger? You what's know, your, what's that's the thing. You know what? It, what can Philadelphia offer? Because here's the thing. Let's be honest. We've traded a lot of draft picks. Yeah. Everybody in the Wings Army knows that. So 
I don't think Minnesota is going to take a 2018 first round draft. No, pick. no, no. Um, but if so, they want to, well, fine. yeah, if you want to, we'll talk. You know, <laughs> the way Minnesota's going, once you hit 25, you're yeah. out of the system there yeah. anyway. So, I mean, who knows? Um, you know, I don't think you trade a Westerville because that's a that's a core player. Yeah. That's a core player of your franchise. I could see maybe bundling up one, maybe two players with a lower round draft pick. I know we traded a lot to get Paul Rabel, and I want to see him stay and grow in this offense. Don't do it. No, I'm not no. saying trade him, but <laughs> I'm saying theoretically maybe something like that makes a little more sense. But again, yeah. if you're trading a Rabel, considering all you gave up, I think Minnesota then has to toss something back into the pot as well, yeah. like maybe an upper-round draft pick. Because keep in mind, again, what we got rid of to get Rabel and White and Robbie Campbell. So, And we're not talking about going crazy and no. actually doing this stuff. I'm just trying to get it i i think i think this year with this with a kind of like a more fluid uh more i'm gonna use a terrible corporate word oh boy synergy oh gee. i did it it's at 4 30 in the afternoon <laughs> what's going on here do i have a swatch watch on in my uh khakis <laughs> I, I like your know. power ties yeah sorry. is that uh is that what corporate people do swatches and i just made up <laughs> a dude wear swatches and khakis i've never worn synergy. a swatch to an office job ever <laughs> Maybe like when you're playing office, like in 13, I have my neon swatch and I'm ready to go to work. (laughs) But, you know, this is, I I think the, the new coach definitely helps, right? The, the talent is already there. And we talked endlessly the entire last season about how this team just has to come and put it all together. And I think Blaine Harrison might be that linchpin. I really do because it's, again, it's just going on feeling. We don't know what he's all about yet. I just feel like the players needed this yeah. the talent that's there. We can score goals, man. We can score goals, and it's. I think this is. I think this is a few steps away from being a really almost upper echelon right. elite team in this league. You know what? To quickly wrap it up here, John, I agree. I think Coach Harrison can be the linchpin here. You know, he's a former player who he's an American by birth. He's got Canadian box lacrosse experience, so he brings in that credibility to, you know, yeah, you want to go, we're trying to go American on the wings, but again, he's got that credibility where you know what he's talking about. He, he, he's a credible source of coaching knowledge for box lacrosse, and he can tie th- this team together of Canadians and Americans bringing it all together. The question is, when it comes to personnel, I agree. I think we made good steps, and... You know, outside people, outside of Philadelphia, are going to look at this stat sheet with all these players playing major league lacrosse yeah. and very few of them playing Canadian box, and they're going to, you know, they should really be playing box lacrosse year-round. Well, you know what? They're staying active in lacrosse, and I know not every skill translates indoors. I'm not that naive. But you got a lot of these players playing on the same team. You've got Buchanan, Sweeney, and Haim on Boston. You've got Crotty, White, and Manley, all these defensive and transition guys on the same team in Rochester. And then you look to Hamilton. You've got Merrill, Hall, Crowley. They're all there, and they're yeah. forming a bond and synergy even in the <laughs> offseason. Ah, I know. Too. Yeah. You suckered me in. I'll <laughs> punch my time card on the way out. But my point is these guys are becoming a team even in the offseason. Yeah. Whereas for all these box lacrosse teams, you go up and you look at the rosters, a lot of them spread out because there's the WLA, there's Major League, all those teams. Yeah. You've got them spread out all over the place. And these guys are becoming a team in the 
off season of the NLL. So when they come into camp, there's not going to be that, oh, hey, you're here. Let's remind ourselves of how we do this. They're going to come in a little bit more well-polished. And I think that only goes to help things. I Absolutely. really, really do. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to the draft. There's an outside possibility if it's in Ontario, I'm going to the draft, which means yeah. I'm sure John and I will figure out a way to weasel a podcast in there uh, that's somewhere. Right. I'll hide in the trunk if it yeah. was doing the car on the way up. Well, I tell you what, if they inspected my car at the Canadian border the, the way they did last time, uh, you might be left off in Niagara Falls. <laughs> what are you doing with all these York peppermint patties? <laughs> No, don't uh, worry about that. Have you seen the NLL Champions Cup? It's right here. <laughs> so as we're wrapping it up here on this special edition of Wings All Access, John, let's quickly uh, just run down a couple quick notes here uh, from around the NLL. So obviously the big news lately has been uh, Coach Harrison is now in charge in Philadelphia. But we've also got other things to uh, talk about a little bit. In fact, breaking today, uh, Blaine Manning, the 12-year veteran from the Toronto Rock, has announced his retirement. That's a big wow. That's a big. That's a big uh, deal. That's a big deal. You know, Toronto's undergone a lot of change quickly. Uh, Troy Cordingly, coach of the year, and then yeah. after you lose a playoff game in bad form, he's out. Now he's in Buffalo. Yeah, and Buffalo, which, which, which is the worst news for us, by the way. <laughs> well, it wasn't much better when he was with Toronto. I know. It's so still, I'm, it's just yeah, like he, it's... he ends up in the same division. But I tell you what. As much as we mocked Buffalo last yeah. year, you in particular, my oh, friend. Yeah. yeah. As much as you mocked. Buffalo has made a lot Big changes. of changes. Yeah. They, I mean, they've been so active. They picked up Ryan Banesh from Minnesota, which is a huge deal. Adds instant credibility to their transition game and their offense. Um, and, and they've picked up Andrew Watt. They've been picking up you know, draft picks here and there. Buffalo is a team I think we're going to have to really keep an eye on here moving forward. And as far as Toronto goes, with losing Manning uh, to retirement, Nick Rose had a terrible game to finish off the postseason. I'm gonna, I'll be interested to see how he comes out for the start of the season. And then you've got John Lovell, who's their new coach up in Toronto. And, yes, he's an experienced coach, uh, not uh, not a head coach in the NLL, experienced assistant. He's an experienced head coach in, I think he's uh, in major series lacrosse up in Ontario right now. Forgive me if uh, that's not exactly right. I don't remember what team he's coaching right now, but he's a head coach up there, so he knows how to coach, head coach a team. But that's that's a little bit of transition, and yeah. I'm curious to see whether he's going to try to continue what Troy Cordingly was doing or if he's going to try and put his little stamp on it. And that's, that's a situation – I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know a coach that comes in to a new spot and says, I'm going to go go and do what the other guy got did because he I got do. fired. Rich Kotite. <laughs> he, he, uh, Rich uh, Kotite for the Eagles. He rode Buddy Ryan's <laughs> coattails. Then as soon as he started losing all his players, guess what? He stunk. He took his system in, in New York and, what, won four games in two seasons. Yeah, so, yeah. there's a difference, though. Rich Kotite's not actually a coach of anything. <laughs> yeah, you have to have some sort of coaching talent. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so. But I was just you know, no, I know. giving you a little bit of example there. <laughs> so we've got news out of Toronto and Buffalo. And then finally, we've also got the Hall of Fame nominations. The Hall of Fame actually will be uh, taking place the same time the NLL draft does. Which is an uh, awesome idea. Which is very, very nice. Uh, I've actually gotten a chance to go to a couple ceremonies. So uh, that's always interesting. And the finals were announced. Uh, my hope was that Jake Berge would make the list. He was nominated, did not make the finalist list. So I'm going to say this right now, and I'm going to hit this hard next season. I think we get a viral campaign going because fans can nominate via Facebook. I want the Wings Army to get behind Jake Bergie 100%. And I'm going to take 10 seconds here and I'm going to tell you why. Because 
Jake Berge, when he was coming out of high school and going into college, you know what? He had the frame because he's Bill Berge's son, for God's sake. You know, NFL Eagles legend. You know, he had his frame. He did play some football. Younger. He had opportunities to go play big-time college football, and he chose lacrosse. Now, just the fact that he's Bill Berge's son and he played for the Wings, that was enough to get publicity. It didn't also hurt the fact that he was one of the best players in Wings history, scored a ton of goals, big, powerful offensive threat. And you know what? He loved Philadelphia so much that when Boston picked him up in the expansion draft, he said, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to play another drop unless I go back to Philadelphia. He got a chance to come back and retire as a wing. So I want the Wings Army to get behind us. We're going to... Boom. I'm laying this down right now. feel that, by the way? Boom. I tell you, nobody... When we did the watch party at Xfinity Live for the Wings playoff game... We didn't announce that Jake Berge was coming to the game. We said, yeah, it might be some players. You know, we played around with it a little bit. But you know what? Out of all the people that were there, and I'm saying some people had, you know, there was a, a couple Crowley jerseys. There was a Merrill jersey, you know, a Westerville jersey. There was no jersey that was more well-represented than number 66. That's how much he still means to this fan base, and that's why I want this fan base to give that man the rewards he's due, and let's get him into the finalists for the Hall of Fame. Got to be done. But that said, that means uh, he's not in this year. But you know what? There's no disrespect. Let's quickly run down the list. Uh, You got Pat McCready, who played uh, 17 years uh, with Buffalo and with Rochester. 384 points. Third most loose balls in history. Also third all-time in penalty minutes. That's something we appreciate here in Philadelphia. (laughs) And, you know, also the guy made eight championship game appearances uh, throughout his career. Also, yeah. First man ever to successfully chew through his lacrosse stick. Which really? Is no, I, no. <laughs> you know what, John? As I go but down, sounds like that as thing. I go down the list here, as we're wrapping up this episode, I want you to give me a fake stat about every one of these players. Because <laughs> right. here's the thing: John doesn't know who any of these people are I unless I, I really don't. So, so Joel McCree, first player to chew through his stick. That's amazing, Boom. John. What can you tell me about the legend Pat O'Toole? First person to successfully score a goal uh-huh. while going through the glass and breaking it. Going through the glass. That's amazing. <laughs> first <laughs> Superman dive through the glass. Uh, so close, so close. Uh, Pat O'Toole, <laughs> the uh, legendary goaltender, really, with the Rochester Nighthawks. That's, uh, I'm telling you, that's how yeah. good he is. It's goaltender that scores goals. 2003 goalie of the year, six championship game appearances, uh, second most uh, saves in league history. Wow. Uh, it was uh, 6,464. I mean, that's, that's a ton of saves. Uh, of course. Oh, well, John, I, I don't even need to tell you. You should be telling me something about Caleb Toth. Caleb Toth. Yeah. Rochester Nighthawks. That's oh, it. Okay. <laughs> you couldn't even guess the team right. That's amazing. No. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, oh, yeah. Come wait, on. it just clicked back in. Damn it. Oh, uh, no. No, there is no... I even told you before the show. I you know. Couldn't remember. I, compl- I got blanked. I blanked. John, you've got a two and nine shot because you played for two teams. Damn. Take a guess. Take a guess. Come on. Toronto. He did start his career with Toronto, so all right. But no, that's not. But that's, but that's not. not he's the, not going in as as a rock guy. You're right. Like we played. Oh, mm. I remember this because there was a ceremony. <laughs> oh, this is fun. I'm gonna let you sit and dangle oh, in the breeze, my friend. This is terrible. Uh, Buff. it's somebody in our division, correct? Buff. Oh, it is Buffalo. Isn't no, it, it isn't. It's the Calgary oh, Roughnecks. Oh, I suckered you in. Damn it. Oh, that was so good. Caleb Toe, 13 I years. Was, I, I, no one's going to believe me. I, I'm an idiot because <laughs> I, 
I no, John, first, I believe you're the, 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 <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head was say Calgary, right? And uh, for some reason, I, I just it's told, okay. I told my brain to shut up. I'm just enjoying busting your balls. <laughs> Caleb to started his career at Toronto. In fact, he had the legendary. Uh, when Toronto in their second year was uh, in the championship game against Rochester, he scored with one second left tie game, fires it in past Pat O'Toole, who's also on the list, and Toronto wins the championship. Last game ever at Maple Leaf Gardens. Wow. Very exciting. He went on to Calgary and won two more championships uh, with Calgary in uh, uh, there, and he was the first one to have his uh, get the forever a roughneck distinction means there's a banner hanging in the saddle dome That's with awesome. his name and number on it. So uh, Caleb Toth, to be honest, is probably a front runner for it. But he also got Chris Driscoll, who played 19 seasons in the league, seven with Toronto, six with Rochester, and of course, you know, John, you know all about the time that Chris Driscoll uh, ran onto the field right without his equipment on. Oh my goodness! Did a 360 right almost hurricane runner like move. Oh my goodness! Uh, no stick. Elbow out, deflection for the game-winning goal against uh, Calgary. Now, if that isn't a visual to get you, <laughs> give you an idea, I like the hurricane run. I yeah, I don't, I don't know. that was nice. Uh, no, he he uh, won. He played in four championship games, won three titles. Wow. Uh, great career for Chris Driscoll, Reggie Thorpe, fifteen years in the league, all with Rochester. Big, bad defenseman, 966 loose balls. But I tell you what, one of the toughest people to play against, John, and we all know why. Uh, well, because he dated Cher. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if that doesn't toughen you up a little bit, you know what? What wouldn't? Boy, if I could turn back time. And finally, <laughs> I always loved when Reggie Thorpe was sitting on the cannon of that ship in the video. But Oh, wait, no, that was Cher. I'm sorry. <laughs> finally... Finally, uh, the, this group was on the list last year, the 1993 Buffalo Bandits. Uh, I asked Dave this question. Yeah. I, I never in the history of sport have I ever heard of an entire team getting into the Hall of Fame. Well, you and know. And then he explained to me why. Well, yeah, because they're the first undefeated team, in fact, the first and only team in NLL history to go through the regular season and playoffs undefeated. Now, granted, the regular season was only eight games yeah. back in uh, 1993, but you know what? They demolished people. They went through on 143, uh, outscoring them 143 to 108. The only team to wow. really give them a run was the Wings. In fact, in that four-year period uh, from like 91 or so to about 94, Buffalo and Philadelphia, back almost every championship game. This year, the Wings just came up short and lost 13-12 to 12 to Buffalo, and Buffalo got the uh, got the undefeated year. And it was also a notable year for Buffalo, obviously, because... <laughs> I, uh, well, they uh, had this routine. Where oh. they would do push-ups before every game, right? Uh, the one time that they didn't do it, uh-huh. uh huh, they uh, ended up losing that game, right? Uh, along with three of their major players going down, that being Nielsen, mm-hmm. Jackson, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and how do you spell that again? <laughs> That's a Z R W, and then the the chemical symbol for boron, right yeah. in the middle. <laughs> It's the O with the line through it, as Jerry Seinfeld would say. No, uh, yeah, really, that Buffalo team was unstoppable. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever really heard of it. I mean, I wonder, and this is an ignorant question of mine, I don't know if maybe the 72 Dolphins were nominated as a team, but certainly many players from that team. That's that's actually the first thing that popped into my head. It was just like, yeah, why wouldn't they? They're the only 
undefeated team in the NFL to do it. And I'm sure there's never yeah. happened in hockey or basketball. So. And in a sport like the NLL, where teams can scout you for a full week and they know what you're doing, you know, they can get a greater beat on you to pull off an undefeated season and incredible. to also handle the pressure of that. You got to imagine yeah. going to the playoffs, all the expectations will weigh on you cool under pressure this team a young john tavares i mean yeah. it was just hand him the ball score hand him the ball score i mean over and over again and that was a, a mighty dangerous team that nobody wanted to play around with uh the late les bartley who's also in the hall of fame was the coach there and uh certainly the 93 team i think deserves that distinction uh, even with the the about the 40 plus goal difference yeah outscoring yeah, you know in, a, in an Jeez. in an eight game regular season to outscore by over 40 goals that's a ridiculous number that yeah. means minimum you're winning every game by five six goals so uh congratulations to that uh, team again for that distinction well john i think that pretty much wraps up yeah the, this extended special edition of wings all access we want to thank all wings of you all access. I, tell I, you. I tried something it, did, it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> oh i beg to differ the visuals were amazing that does it here for this episode of Wings All Access. And again, well, thank you, everybody, for following us at, on Twitter, at Wings All Access, on Facebook, at Wings All Access, and a website soon to come where you'll be able to share the episodes with your friends. You know, we're definitely working on growing the show. It's all we're talking about all, all in the offseason here. So we'll be ready for you when the Wings roll around to 2014. Until then, for everybody at the Philadelphia Wings and the National Lacrosse League and for my uh, co-host and producer John Barchard. I'm Dave Wall saying thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your summer, and we will be talking to you soon. Goodbye, everybody.